want to, um, you know, because like, uh, you know, M- Madison LaCroix or whatever her name is, is, you know, weighing into us weekly about, the, you know, all, even you can though thank she... me for breaking these guys yeah, up. Yeah, breaking... Even though I, we never even saw each other, she told us. Yeah. With Alex Rodriguez, that was one of the things. But, you know, we're we're really just not even over the photos that Page Six published yesterday of... Uh, ben and Jen. Yeah, smooching and doing romance things in L.A., actually in Malibu, at a family dinner to celebrate her sister Linda's 50th birthday. I mean, they were all over each other and they were, there was none of this heat when she was with A-Rod. Oh, Lori, they, none. they, they were look like brother and sister. But we haven't really seen this kind of heat since J-Lo was with Ben way back 17 right. years ago. And part of the reason they became a coach pop culture obsession is because they were so hot for each other. Nobody is mad at this, I don't think. No. Nobody is mad. and, and um, Nobody is mad. Nobody. People actually, her family grateful. likes him. Her mom likes him. Uh, if he went to Linda's 50th birthday party with the whole damn family. That's her Nova, sister. They must like it. J-Lo is so in love. She not only has her usual J-Lo glow, but she went to Craig's last night with her sister Linda to continue the birthday party. And she had a tie-up flat Oxford shoe on. Actually, I wanted her abs. I'm having ab- abduration <laughs> yeah. from mm-hmm. afar. I've thought uh-huh. maybe it's time to think hard about, you know, not having that extra little something on the exterior of my belly. She is gorgeous. Yeah, She's gorgeous. just gorgeous. But, I mean, she, I was floored that she was wearing a late, she was wearing a shoe like I would wear. I loved it. You know, a flat leather. She looked gorgeous. Oxford, but Lori, we never see her in the and she had glasses on. No, I know. She and the, she had then the cute white turtleneck yeah. tank. I mean, everything about her looks absolutely gorgeous. Do you is she your kind of gal, Grant? Jennifer Lopez? Yeah. Oh, she's been my probably number Lori. one since okay. what, what was it? What was the the movie she did that they just did a series on on Netflix? The the singer, the Oh, yeah, what's her name? Oh, God. Selma. S- yes. Not Selma. No, um, Sila. Selena. 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 Yes. I watched that movie in junior high as a kid, yeah. and I've been in love with that, her ever since. Okay. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you have seen our YouTube videos, you might have to call in right now because I have to 651 641 1071. Because we sit here now and we have cameras on top of our machines and microphones and stuff. And I'm just trying to watch Lori. Every day, she comes in with a printout for show and tell. <laughs> I know. In her, in her nap to take a, her sleeping mat. Mm. But Lori, you sit there and I just sit and watch you and you're so far off camera with that thing. Oh, as yeah, you're you trying did. to oh, <laughs> show us. I wonder if anyone watches ours and just thinks, okay, they look like goofs because I'm just watching you try to frame it up. It. We're so professional. Anyway, I love her we are so she, It's darling. Mm-hmm. This one is one I would die to wear. Yeah. Her She's, arms, her abs. Yeah, just so cute. Her face, her skin tone, a her lifestyle. A turtleneck crop. No, no that's just so yeah, cute. Yeah. I, nobody is mad at this. We're all... Happy for Benefit 2.0. Right. He was at his daughter's Serafina's graduation. I don't know what it's called. eighth grade. Eighth okay. grade. He had a beautiful suit on. Yes. And let's just talk about what he, she, he had Jennifer a beautiful Garner. suit on. J, J- Lo is already glowing him up. 
Okay, because his ex-wife, Jen Gardner, who we love. I love her, I love her, I love her. And she's practical and she's an everyday person and everything. But we've seen her glam up. She's stunning. Well, there's no reason to get glammed up for a 12-year-old I understand, but but the dress I wouldn't even put on my mother. It was so grandmotherly. Julia, maybe Jennifer Garner has put on a pandemic pound or two. You know is that what, what saying? you're saying? And then, then you tell a sh- and then you tell a short person to put on a print, Julia. But sometimes people are comfortable. We're not used to the fact that our waists aren't what they were. Maybe I know it. So I know it. I she's to- just dressing for the pandemic pooch. <laughs> but it's really, <laughs> I really. That's all. What it's a PP. The pandemic. It's a P squared. And I have one. And we both I mean, I understand. Please look at Jennifer and Ben making, making out. out. And they, they're like. They're happy. They're happy. I don't about want it. him to mess it up and start using. And I don't want her. I mean, I worry about his psyche. He's the one that seems to mess these things up. That's right. Because he's got his addictions to yeah. come up and. He's filming something in Vegas. That's why he was in a gambling casino because we know that was an issue in his and, marriage. And his mom, Lupe, or her, her mom, mom, Lupe, has a cameo in whatever they're filming. Right. Okay, now I want to tell you about this movie that's I, I, just been announced. Zoe uh, Kravitz is going to direct Channing Tatum when he's done with The Lost City of D, where he plays the Fabio like a guy that's on all of. The book Sandra covers. Bullock's romance cover. He's then going to. She sold the, the they sold the rights at the Cannes market. So Zoe yeah. Kravitz, she's going to direct her first feature film. She wrote it. The movie is called Rhymes with Mussy Island, but you could call it Kitty Island. We'll Kitty call it I- Mussy Island. I was <laughs> I was struck by the title. Title, and with that title, we've got mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And this is not Milf Island from Thirty Rock. No. Zoe says it's about a clever waitress who sets her sights on a tech billionaire who runs Mussy Island. Channum will play this billionaire. I am not making this up, you guys. Okay, Mussy Island. I don't understand the happening. title. Well, is Zoe Kravitz going to be the clever waitress? Is she directing and starring in it? No, she is just directing it. She wrote it. The female cat, the role hasn't been um, cast yet. And we don't know if it's going to be a horror movie, a social satire, like Get Out. Will the title remain despite, you know, the difficulties? I mean, right now I know. Marketing that. Well, I'm thinking about uh, the gal from Annie, um, the girl from... um, S. Creek, another show. Yes, yes, yes. She's in a new show, and I think it might be on AMC or something, but it, uh, um, Kevin can bleep off or bleep off Kevin. The F word is in the title. What is going on with this? I don't know. Don't they think about us radio people and having to come up with Mussy Island right. instead of Poops Kitty Island? Creek, even and why though, can't people name things more friendly? I don't know. But I do wonder if, um, you know, if there's going to be like an undercover uh Kitty cat? Nod to Leonardo DiCaprio, who led the Mussy um, Brigade. Brigade mm-hmm. squad. For years. It was the it was the Mussy squad. No, the Mussy <laughs> Patrol. That was it. Even yeah. better. Kind of like Paw Patrol. It was the Posse. The Posse. Thank you. (laughs) We're going to get there. The Mussy Posse. That really sounds good. (laughs) (laughs)
Actually, that sounds like a fun movie. I mean, it sounds like a rom-com. I'm all for it. She sold it at the Cannes Film Market. I mean, her agent sold it. The Cannes Film Market. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) a market where you go, it's a real thing. It's uh, Chanum, Mussy Island, Zoe Kravitz, Megan Fox. Will she get the role? I vote for her. I don't know. You just added her name in there, right? She is not in it. No, we don't know. They haven't cast anything. Have you seen her act? Well, we're going to see her Midnight in the Switchgrass, uh-huh. which is an intriguing title. That's where she met um, Machine Gun Kelly, but he's acting under his birth name. Alex Trebek. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's his birth name? John Smith. Connor oh. Braxton. Okay, I don't know right. what it I is. Know. Something like that. It's mm-hmm. just something very... I, I like Machine Gun Kelly. It's an improvement in the name department. But Especially. He's, he's, Colson Baker. Thank okay, you. Okay. I had the CB right. You were right. Yeah, Colson but Baker. But he's acting under that name, and that's where these two first met. Right. And she's playing an FBI agent, which just goes to show you anything can happen in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's the FBI agent. So, and Disney is bringing back Jack Sparrow without Johnny Depp. Okay, this Okay, so here is what's going on with poor Johnny Depp. Because mm-hmm. this kind of this is kind of bothersome to me okay. is that you know Johnny Depp. They're doing a video game, Laurie. This is all about a video yeah. game. Yeah. So we don't know if he gets royalties if if they're using his voiceover work. But really, I'm going to say no. I know they have really. So they're taking. They have cut ties with that man, and he is. I feel like he's going to. I really do. At the end, end, end of the day. But at the same time, he's going to have redemption. And at the same time, Disney capitalizes on the iconic portrayal of Jack Sparrow that Johnny Depp created. That he doesn't get a dime for. Yeah. I say unfair. I think at the end of the day, though, Johnny Depp is going to have some sort of redemption. Yeah. I really do. Okay. All right. That's my prediction. So is Brad Pitt. Not that he needs it, but yeah. that wife is, that ex is really... But I mean, I just, I kind of think that that's kind of like, it seem un, you know, it seems like weird, okay? It's business. Jack, it's his Johnny business. Depp's voice, yeah. it's, yeah, all of that, so they're using that. Yep. The better thing would be, don't have Jack Sparrow be, oh, we can't do that, he's one of our most iconic characters. So right. Kind of, I'm not going to cry for Disney or anything, but it does seem sort of hypercritical. Or hyper, hypercritical. Hypercritical, thank you. In a hyper sort of a way. There you so go. So it's hypercritical. It's it, a new fabulous word, Shannon, if you're listening. That's right. Shannon like, records all these in Seattle for us. We'll, we'll get I, an updated list. I hope she writes down mussy posse. I, I guarantee she won't. I guarantee she that's won't. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be right back with the dirt alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Hey, Holly. Good afternoon. Happy Tuesday. Yes. It is very productive. And let's talk about productivity in the world of philanthropy. Well, Jeff Bezos is making himself look like a a giant human size hmm, and sending himself off in a giant Mm -hmm. hmm rocket, you know. Meanwhile, Mackenzie Scott, his ex-wife, is doing some really fabulous philanthropy with the money that she got when she divorced Jeff Bezos. So she gave away $6 billion in 2020 to 500 different organizations. And now for the third time in less than a year, Mackenzie Scott has announced a new round of grants worth $2.74 billion. Good for her. her. She is showing the billionaires how to do it. That's right. So the latest 
Trust grants are going to be distributed to 286 organizations, including major universities, arts groups, nonprofits working to combat racial injustice, excuse me, and domestic violence. So some of those, the average size of a grant that Mackenzie Scott is giving is $10 million. Right? Wouldn't it, that way would change everything for an organization? Could be Absolutely incredibly everything. life-changing. So some of these organizations include the Alaska Native Heritage Center, the Broward College in Florida, and Jazz at Lincoln Center. So, you know, cool. yeah, you know, and it's one of the things, like, she, Mackenzie Scott has expressed some ambivalence about the fortune that she has. She said that it would be better if disproportionate wealth were not concentrated in a small number of hands. Well, she is showing how easy it is to give away money. And Mm -hmm. she's so, that last, when she did that last fall, it was such an interesting process. And there were quite a few organizations here in the Twin Cities. Cities. And huge, I mean, that's, that's just amazing. I'm in awe of that. Yeah, you know, and it's one of the things, too, where people are seeing that she's really transparent with the way that she's Mm -hmm. giving money, which a lot of people are applauding. And then also, it's nice to see the money go to organizations in real time, because it's it's one of the things if you set up some kind of philanthropic trust down the road, road, but it's like, no, what? She's giving the money now, because what is she going to do? Her money's just making more money, just keep giving it away. She's like a billionaire role model. Yeah, because even if she has, you know, think about the money that she has. And even if she leaves billions of dollars, whenever, you know, decades down the line, that money will grow. But she's just like, here, take it now. Yeah. So it's kind of like it makes that guy who paid like eighty five million dollars to go on this 11 minutes spaceship ride. Jeff Bezos. Look, it just looks so shallow. It does. Five million could do for actual people and. I want to go to space for $85 million. Oh, my goodness. Uh, So that's happening. Good on Mackenzie Scott for doing that. Ana de Armas uh, has a new flame in her life. So it's somebody that we don't know, but we know the company that he's an executive of, Tinder. So this guy's name is Paul Bukadakis. And uh, he's 37 years old, and apparently the two of them, uh, you know, have been seeing each other for the past several months, according to a source at Page She's Six. She's dating the executive at Tinder. Tinder. I wonder if they met on Tinder. Well, or they would were, it be Raya or right, a blind yeah, date? Right. Well, Page Six says that, that Paul and Anna were introduced through friends. Oh, he's okay. based in Austin, Texas. But he splits his time between Texas and Santa Monica, which we know Anna was hanging out in mm-hmm. Venice and Santa Monica when she was with Ben Affleck. And apparently they spent a lot of time together in the United States and uh, before she went off to go and shoot her new movie. Yeah, this might be better timing for her because basically she broke up with Ben. Yeah, she, she did. said, I don't want to yep. have any kids. Right. Yeah. So, you know, he's a, an attractive guy yeah. by all means. And, okay. you know, she got herself a dating website executive. Go on, go on, Anna. Uh, Erica Jane has lost her lawyers following oh, the release. Oh, oh. Of, of the, the lawyer and the hustler? Yes. Or the hustler and the lawyer. The housewife and the hustler. Yeah, okay. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, we'll get there. Um, so that was released on Hulu yesterday. And as a result of that documentary dropping, her lawyers dropped her. Uh, Dinsmore and Scholl is the name of the firm that was uh, representing Erica Jane. They filed paperwork to withdraw as Jane's counsel <gasps> in Tom Girardi's Chapter 7 bankruptcy case. Now, the law firm claimed that it notified Erica Jane yesterday and, you know, the same time of that documentary dropping. Wow. Mm. Now, Page Six is reporting it's unclear 
what went wrong, but the lawyers say in these court documents that, quote, the relationship of trust and confidence that is essential to a properly functioning attorney-client relationship has broken down. Yeah, the Hollywood speak oh, on that is yes. she lied to them about not Everything. just one thing, maybe the whole damn thing. Everything, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that is one relationship. Don't lie to lie your, your attorneys. They're yeah. there to help you out. That's why you are paying them a lot of she money. She feels like she's a born liar, though. She, it feels like it's innate in her. Mm. Oh, that is kind of just compulsive. And, yeah, and, yeah, I just feel like that's kind of who she. I just yeah. don't feel like I would trust Holly, her. Holly, I want to ask you, what do you make of the whole Chrissy Teigen thing? Um, should she have just not written that second blog post with the not so great help of a PR agency? Because I don't know if that letter helped anything. Yeah, I don't know if Chrissy Teigen's letter really helped anything. It, it felt it felt the again like the tone was, was off. off because there was this element of humor and self deprecation. Yeah, she made a I am Earl joke and yeah, I don't it, know. In this case. You know, there is a time for self-deprecation and humor, but in this instance where all of this bullying and these awful things, you know, the Project Runway guy coming out and... And And he's got the receipts with the screen grabs with her phone and, I mean, the Mm -hmm. phone thing, it's really bad. Yeah, it just struck a tone that felt like it was still inappropriate and... Maybe perhaps that should have been thought through before it was released to the public. Yeah, I thought uh, that was A-plus trolling by Flack on Prime. They did a very funny tweet about, and we worked on this for two weeks, the PR team. Yeah, you know, there was a, oh gosh, there was an article uh, probably published within the last week where I think it was on Vice, but they talked to a public relations person and they deconstructed the act of writing an apology for a PR client. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like Chrissy Teigen perhaps was not getting the best advice when it came to writing that letter. Right. Or or she did it in conjunction because sometimes it felt like it was conversational and she was kind of lecturing a girlfriend, but the tone was so off on that. I think ultimately there was a flippancy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was like, well, actually, people are pretty upset about this. And the things that you said to people were rather upsetting. And the fact that you're not particularly naming specific names, there's a lack of there is ownership in it, but not in a way that you're like you leave it open to interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. know. I wonder if more people are going to come forward. But she just like the wishing people dead and telling people to kill themselves. Yeah. The pattern of that is really disgusting. Yeah. The the words that she used Mm -hmm. and that. okay, this wasn't the only these these are there are multiple people who have experienced these words. from Didn't she wasn't she involved with a cookbook or, or a New York? Wasn't there a cook? book lady in new york or something that uh she kind of referenced chrissy teigen as not being valid a valid cookbook writer right but then they got into something in the the new york the uh, she ended up quitting or having to leave her job that was allison roman from the new york times yeah and she was a uh she wrote recipes for the new york times and her recipes were rather popular and Allison Roman said some things about Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo that were not received well. But mm-hmm. then Chrissy Teigen, it, there was a lot of back and forth. Ultimately, Allison Roman is not at the New York Times anymore, and she just has her own. Yeah, they uh, went back and Chrissy's forth. Chrissy's getting a taste of her own medicine. It's, you know, it's fascinating to unfold. It's really complex. Like, mm-hmm. this is a really complex story. So, ultimately, I don't know. I, I guess I would not advise Chrissy Teigen to... 
for, I was just chill out a little bit. Yeah. Just chill out. Yeah. It's okay. You don't have to be out there. Donnie Love had her number a long time ago when she went after Kwasane Wallace. That, oh. Who was 10. Gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, it is. Mm. Not good. Not good. Not good. No, it's just just not good. You know, agree with you guys where her letter was just not quite right. All right. Thanks, Sally. You're welcome. This is the study of duh with noted academic journal skimmer, Lori. Everybody knows. Yeah, everyone knows that, though. Does everyone know that Rit Momney is who just played Put Your Records On, a remake of this Corinne Bailey Bailey song? But it was called Mitt Romney. What was the name of that band? It's Mitt Romney's the regular guy, so it's so like really like Rit Mitt Romney. Romney. It's Rit, Rit Romney. Romney. But Rit it sounds Romney. like Rit Mom Mitt Romney who ran for president. Right. Yes. Okay, funny. Yeah, yeah, okay, funny. Got it, got okay. It. So here is a study of Dodd. This study is uh, was just released by the U- University of uh, Notre Dame. Okay, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, whatever, mm-hmm. potato, potato. It's going to raise eyebrows as I tell you this, but the research concludes that disagreeable, and they use disagreeable in quotation marks, married men who avoid pitching at home usually end up having higher incomes than the husbands who diligently help with the household chores. Duh. <laughs> okay? They focus solely on heterosexual marriages. Okay. And the study indicates that selfish husbands who avoid domestic chores have more, more resources time. to devote towards their career, so they earn more money. And they use, uh, in psychology, boys and girls, they use the the big five dimensions to describe someone's personality. Okay. Disagreeable. There's a level of a disagreeable to agreeableness. Okay. So, so... Kind, generous, sympathetic is somebody who's agreeable, disagreeable is competitiveness, selfishness, blah, blah, blah. So across two studies, they found that disagreeable men tend to earn more money relative to their more agreeable male counterparts because they are more self-interested and less helpful to their wives at homes, which allows them to be more involved at work, spend more time at work, and make more money. So... I, to me, this is uh, this is nothing. This is nothing new. Um, <laughs> nothing new at all. So, just you know, there we go. Just thank you. Uh, but it was published in the Personal Psychology, and normally I really look forward to that journal for all the interesting articles. I, I feel like find. this one wasn't that interesting. <laughs> so, I'm going to rate this, Lori. Mm-hmm. What do you got? I, I'm yeah. just going to say. Uh, Right. That one is a real duh. I found I, a true study of duh. Well, thank I don't you. always find that. This is true. Sometimes, Sometimes I just try. Make them. I find a study and then I just somehow make it. You convert it. You <laughs> make it fit, it. it fit into the box that we yeah. needed to and, and delete some parts of the message. Here's another uh, right. study of duh. that, And I felt like this one earned it also. Uh, bad moods lead to bad habits. Two out of five adults seek out food when having a rough day. Oh, duh. Duh. Of course. Duh. Yeah. That one's so 43% easy. 43% of people admit they will eat something just to feel better. With more than half saying they reach for the sweet. And about 38% 
going for the salty. Oh my gosh, who's a better friend than a pint of Hagen Dazs? Yeah, <laughs> on some days, you know, you don't want to put your bad mood on other people, so you just put it on yourself. And remember, we learned that the ultimate lift uh, pickup meal if you've had a bad day, tacos. Oh. And today, they're for, oh. today is a tacos. taco day. Taco Tuesday. It's Taco yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, tacos are a happy food. They are. They, you know, so anyway, to, yeah, people just said if they've just had a really stressful thing that happened that day or they didn't sleep well or they just had stress in general, which is why this sweet treat eating and salty snacking, it, it, it's, it it's collected, a numbing thing. It collected on all of us, though, yes. because of the last year, last year, yeah. 14 months and or whatever And boredom, too. Boredom yeah. can seep in, you know. So, yeah, we uh, over, yeah, people, uh, they're, they're, we're open to cutting back on it, but we're not going to do not it if quite we're ready. having a bad day. Right. It's not, not quite ready in some situations because it's day. summer and it's That's fun right. day. <laughs> I had bought, um, I had bought a, ice cream stuff for the kids yes. when they were staying over and Casey was just kind of exhausted from all of his grandpa that he was doing. Because he's on the floor on all fours all the entire that. time. He's, a, he, he's, he's all in. He's a kid too. Yeah. He's he's not a grandpa because he's basically grandpa trampoline. He yes. gets as dirty and as tired as the kids. Mm-hmm. He's so happy that we had some haagen Oh, yeah. Then he opened the hot fudge oh. and the caramel oh. and started boiling it in a pan of water on the stove so it would get nice and he didn't want to just throw it in the microwave in the no, glass no, jar he, he said it oh. doesn't taste as good oh gosh he wanted to slow Grant, boil Grant, it my brother and i have the mm. biggest sweet tooth mm. in the world nah you might compete with me yeah. you I, said you're not so into sweets well more salt but it all like mine oh. is soda like i have a sweet tooth for pop which is the worst because it's just like you drink the calorie yeah. it's the worst so but, i have a sweet tooth for pop so you like a good old can of coke oh a can of coke or dr pepper Good old Dr. Oh. Pepper. Even oh, a Mountain Dew. Going on a Fanta. Oh, oh grape, orange, orange, orange all orange. of them. Orange, so mm. good. All anyway, yeah. So he was just so tired. And you just exhausted. reached it. It's and just so just comforting. Like, yes. He was like, I'm so glad we have this. I hope you're not going to have any. I said, no, I'm not. And if you had little pecans to scrunch up in it, oh, that would just be we so had good. We have all kinds of things we oh. could put on. This is, he wanted the purity of all of okay, that. Can I tell you, all right, I was so desperate for a carbohydrate the other night because I have nothing, Grant. I have nothing in my house. Ooh, keep the temptation away. But Smart. I have a 24-hour store not far away. Yeah. Okay. okay? But I had nothing. And I didn't even have eggs. Oh, dear. So I wanted a pancake because I had pure maple syrup. Oh. And I it already had two spoons full of the maple syrup and it wasn't cutting the cheese. Mm-hmm. So I just put in a bowl flour and water and then put butter on the bottom of a pan and pretended it was a pancake and just fried it as hard as it could so it would form some sort yeah. of a pancake. I didn't put in baking soda or baking powder or yeah. anything. And I didn't have an egg. How, how was it? Not good, but it, I was okay. Okay. It was okay. Hey, desperate measures. Oh, I was so desperate for something. MacGyver over there. Yeah. Oh, no, I can. I. Mm. Okay, here's another mm-hmm. study of death. Okay, tell us. Nearly three in four parents are so desperate for sleep, they sneak in naps during the day. And I'm like, who is this news to? 100%. <laughs> I took a nap. In the middle of the day, and a I wasn't babysitting. even doing anything with the kids who aren't even mine. 
And I, you know, after just like being with him for four hours, right, I had to was, lay down. That's so I had to lay down. <laughs> I had to lay down for a half hour. So, yes, this was a thing with parents under 18 or kids under 18, 46% say their kids are the main reason they can never fall or stay asleep. In fact, one out of three parents say putting their kids to bed is their biggest sleep routine challenge. It yeah, I know. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah, but I grew to love it. Yeah. Because it was our reading time. And but I just grew loved to it. love it as the kids get older. As the kids get older. Yeah. That, yeah. that was going to be my question because I've never had kids. Yeah. And I have with two of you. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I don't know. I always ask my neighbor, like, what you got going on this weekend? And it just lists off baseball tournament, dance recital, so hockey practice. So fun. Sounds mm-hmm. miserable. No, but but so like, fun. as you said, I was just uh, pointing out. You, you kind of fall in love with it, right? It becomes yeah. a part of you, and you fall in love with oh, it. Oh, yeah. oh my word! These are lifelong friends you meet. It is, it is so fun when yeah. your kids are involved in activities. It mm. is, it's so I, fun. I miss all oh, you guys. Mm. Someday, well, anyway, maybe. Parents someday. are tired. <laughs> parents are tired. That's a and they are taking, that's a da. This is a da. Sixty-eight percent of parents just say yes. How much did Casey sleep? Oh, he slept. He well, we tried. Did you we, try we watch Lupin? Okay, we had like we just watched like three episodes of Lupin and finished it because it's only five episodes. It is so good, people. Someone sent <laughs> us an email about what what is the French show? It's Lupin, and the, our Lupin guy, oh Marcy, was on Jimmy Kimmel last night. And he comes out in this big, colorful mm, jacket. He's he, so cute. Grant, this show is great. It is great. Were yeah. you so sad when it was over? Oh. I was so sad. It's over. Yeah. And but the they're whole, doing. You're in Paris the whole time. It's so, so it's, it's a caper movie. It's smart. It's sexy. It's mm-hmm. just so good. You will not be disappointed in Lupin. That is a study of death for the TV. Thank you. Side oh, things. I just want people to watch it. It's yeah. so good. I think people are. Anyway, so yeah, parents are tired and, you know, sky is blue and water is Yes, there we go. That just seemed like... (laughs) And we're having a drought. (laughs) Right. That one just seemed like, what? Okay, listen, we come back. uh, We're just going to get to some of the other stories we missed today. Okay, here's a a kind of a good story, Lori. So the future queen of the Netherlands turns down... Two million and two million dollars in annual allowance, and the quote is, "I find it uncomfortable." Her name is Princess Katharina Amala. Graduated, graduated cum laude, and plans to take a gap year before starting college, but she is waiving her right to a hefty annual allowance. She's the eldest daughter of King William Alexander and Queen Maxima. Mm-hmm. She sent a handwritten letter to wow. the Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte on Friday informing him of her decision to turn down her nearly $2 million allowance until she takes up her royal duties. And she said, on December 7th, 2021, I will be 18, and according to the law, receive an allowance. I find it uncomfortable as long as I do not do anything for it in return, and while other students have much higher and tougher time of it, particularly during the period during, of course, coronavirus. She added that she intended to take the gap year be start, before starting her undergraduate studies. She said she would repay the nearly $400,000 she was entitled to during her time as a student and would not claim the $1.6 million expenses until I incur high costs as my role as Princess of Orange. Oh. 
That's wow, integrity. That's, that's something else. That's what I thought. Yeah. And if you're wondering if the royal ascot is happening, it's happening. I wasn't wondering. It's happening know, across I know the pond. Wasn't either. So. The British horse no, racing event no. kicked off today, um, welcoming back spectators. And the dress code, you know, this is the hat, hat, hats on parade, Lori. Yes. Hats and yes, horses. Yes. That we love all the pictures from this. Yeah. So we'll be seeing some fun pictures in the next few days. Yeah. Holly, I'm sure we'll post some yes. of those. Some other things she posted today. Simone Biles is the latest issue of Glamour, uh, the cover of it. And there's a really great interview. She looks beautiful. Madonna. You know, uh, her photos that she posted yesterday, she's back in New York and reinventing herself. And I'm like, yes, with Photoshop, for sure, you're reinventing yourself. O-M-G. Um, O-M. Capital G. (laughs) So that's posted. Yes. We also, um, Entertainment Weekly had some really great articles to celebrate the 15th anniversary of the release of the Devil Wears Prada. I know. Well, some of the an things- iconic film and an iconic book. Oh, Lauren Weisenberger yeah. was like oh, also one of our first authors. She we was ever one of the show. first ones. Well, some of the things that have come out of their reunion is that Meryl Streep said she had the worst, worst time on set. Everyone else was having fun, but she went into method and she did method during the filming and not during the filming. So she was to be Miranda. Mm, to I be was Miranda, Miranda Priestley. Priestley and she talked like this and she was crabby. She's so good. She didn't, she had no facial expression. Mm. And then Anna Winter, not Anna Winter, Anne Hathaway tried so hard to get that role and they offered it three different times to Rachel McAdams and oh. no one in the studio wanted Anne, Anne Hathaway because she was in the Princess Bride Yeah, movies. she was in Who's This? She's from kids, kids young movies, teenage right. movies. And finally what she ended up doing is she went to her agent and she found out the, the head of the um, company that was making the movie, I don't know what the film company was that was making right. um, The Devil Wears Prada. She wrote a handwritten note and put it in her garden or something. Please can I have the role or some, I mean, bags. She did everything to get the role, and it really was a deal breaker for her. It changed us thinking of her as this teenage kid yes. to this serious actress. Yeah, she's filming in New York right now with uh, Adam or uh, Jared Leto, and they're making a movie. Um, he portrays the WeWork founder Adam oh. Newman, while Anne Hathaway plays his wife. Which was at one time one of the most valuable startup companies in America. Remember and how it went crashed. up and it went down. Yeah, so that that's is the coming. shared workplace. Workplace. It, it's called We Crashed. Oh, I love it. The name that's of the a TV great. Series. That's a great name. Yeah. So anyway, the other name. thing that came out about the Devil Wears Prada is that Adrian Grenier. Yes. Did you ever watch Entourage, Grant? Loved it. Loved it. Hundred yeah. percent. And of course, he was perfect in his role. Yes. yes. Was he Vinny? Vinny no. Chase. Yeah, Vinny Chase. And we don't really see him in anything. He quit. No, not, he quit. Yeah. Did he quit acting? He quit. And he he's become a, an environmentalist. He so. did a movie back with like Melissa Joan Hart, I feel yeah. like it was. But that's about it. But he said about his, because remember he plays Anne yes. Hathaway's boyfriend, Nate. He he said he has come to grips that Nate is the real villain in the Devil Wears Prada and that the original ending, which was going to have her get back together with him, 
they realized that wasn't right. He had very strong feelings. He's told he spent years reflecting on how his character sucked and wasn't supportive enough. And he totally accepts that he was the villain. I love that he basically said, I've spent 15 years thinking about this character because it was so close to the Vinny Chase kind of a guy. Oh, was it? Oh, was it? Didn't you think, Grant? Yes. Uh, The self-absorbed guy. Yes, he definitely, it didn't, didn't. Didn't mesh well, I guess. It, it was too similar, like you said. Too yeah, similar. Yeah, too, too similar. similar. Yeah. And I but think he got typecast. Oh, I, Lori, and I would agree with you, but mm-hmm. he also, I think he was friends with Leonardo DiCaprio. And Leon- He's part of the mussy he posse. He probably, <laughs> was, he probably was, but he quit acting. He yeah, quit okay. it, and he's doing stuff for the environment. And he's a good guy. He made a really great documentary. I think he is. I like knowing that. Yeah. Anyway, and I like knowing that he's reflected and thought about it. And he realizes Nate was the dink. And that wouldn't have been a good ending for her to go back to him. No, 100% right. And Mm -hmm. he was such a dink. I can't believe that was 15 years ago. My Lord. I took my dad. Yeah. To the Marcus Theater in... um, Mills. Isn't that funny how Fleet we Farm remember on Highway Thirty Six? Yeah. Oh, we loved it, and it was such a hot day. Yeah, it's a hot sunny day, and I remember taking Dad, and we just had so much fun. Nice. Yeah, it is crazy how you remember those moments at movie theaters. Like, and I, you were oh. specific to the theater. To the yes. theater, I remember when I saw um, Twister. You remember that movie? Yes. Was back yes. in the day, I was yeah. out at Delano Theater with my mom and dad, uh-huh. and there was a thunderstorm that night, so I was living in this world like, hey, I'm watching, I mean, it's Jerry Maguire, remember what Konya Theater, I mean, you're right, those little moments that you share, they're so, but I can't remember what I ate yesterday for lunch. Right, right. <laughs> but I can remember those but moments. We can remember the movie theater, like, I remember the last movie I saw with Aunt Marlene, The Woman in Gold with Helen oh, Mirren at Rosedale AMC. And that was about the clumps. The clump, the the clumped, the clumped, the clumped, the clumped, the clumped, the clumped. It is the clumped. K L I M P T. I know it. I never saw that movie. Is that worth it? I yeah. I we we liked it. We yeah. liked it. Just, what was know. her one word? Because my auntie Marlene would oh, have one word epic. reviews. She had epic. Just one word. I can't remember right now. Oh, cheers to all the good people we've. Yeah. In our hearts. Yeah. Up above. All right. Have a great night. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Everyone guys. have a good night. Job done. Off you go.